Well, we have taken a two-week break from Unshakable, and we are just now returning back to that. We've covered a few weeks, but I just want to remind you, if you were here or inform you if you weren't, of how we started off this series, that we started off with having a little fun time together with Family Feud and playing a little game and, and just seeing, hey, what they found out, what the survey says for just the, the number one answer of what's better when it's shaken. And, and Family Feud, with their people that they surveyed, that what they discovered was that salad dressing is the number one thing that gets better when it's shaken. However, what we have been learning is that there is something that far exceeds salad dressing on what gets better when it's shaken, and that is faith. The, the, the number one answer, what, what gets better when it is shaken is faith. Now, now, we don't really have our prayers and go, hey, God, will you just kind of shake my life? And, you know, we, we, don't, we don't open up ourselves this way, but really what we see is we, we really grow more when our faith has been shaken, but we remain unshakable. We don't lose faith. We don't step away from it, but we grow in it. And so that's what we've been looking at. Today, we're going to be talking about deciding in advance, of, of the importance of, of making a decision in advance when, when we go, hey, this, this is what I'm going to do. In fact, it's uh, this, this weekend here in town, we have our, our air show, you know, go Air Force, right? Air Force, right? And so I appreciate you guys. But, but it's our air show, and it just kind of reminds me of something I heard a while back, and it, um, it was about a, a couple that had just recently retired, and they'd gone to a fair. And as they were at this fair, <clears throat> that they saw a gentleman that was given helicopter rides, and, and it was $100 a pop. And the, the gentleman really wanted to do the rides, and, and his wife was like, uh, no, 100 bucks is 100 bucks. We're, we're not going to spend that. And so they, they didn't. And well, they came back to the fair again the next year, and wouldn't you know, the same helicopter guy's there, and same sign, same price. And he's like, can, can, can we do it? I, I really want to. I've never been in a, no, a hundred bucks is a hundred bucks. And well, the third year they went back and he was the same guy, same price. And they get there and they're talking. Well, well the pilot had, had just kind of remembered seeing them and just standing there. So he's just kind of listening more and he's, and he's over here in their conversation. So he walks up to them. He said, I couldn't help but hear your conversation. I've seen you here the last couple of years. And um, I, I tell you what I'm willing to do. I'll actually give you guys a, a ride for free as long as you guys don't make a sound for the whole ride. And, and, and if you guys are silent throughout the ride, then, then it won't cost you anything. But, but if you make a sound, then it's going to be 100 bucks. And they looked at each other and were like, well, we can stay silent. I mean, sure, we'll, we'll do it. So, so they go and, and they go on this ride and, and he starts doing some, some pretty strong aerial movers with this helicopter. And, and, and he's not hearing anything anything. He is so surprised. He, he goes back in and, and lands it and he, he begins to turn around and say, I, I'm, I'm so surprised that, that you guys didn't make a sound. And the, the gentleman that he's looking at, he says, well, I, I, was, I was tempted when my wife fell out. <laughs> but as she always says, a hundred bucks is a hundred bucks. So the power of deciding in advance. You know, when it comes to deciding in advance, that all of us, that, that when we decide something in advance, that, that it's going to require discipline. It's going to require some determination. That, that we're going we're to have to go, I, 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 here's my discipline, I, I'm determined, I'm going all in. And, and what starts out as, as discipline, what starts out as determination, if we stick with it, will eventually become a habit. And, 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 and if we can stick with it long enough and, and we can make it a habit, our habits will eventually lead to a lifestyle. 
And, and it really is, it's, it's the power of deciding in advance. And you know, some people have, have different habits. You know, there's people that have the habits that they go, hey, I, I, I want a fitness habit. I, I'm, I'm just going to exercise. I want to be fit. There's, there's people that go, hey, I, I have a habit. I'm, I just eat clean. I, I eat good. I, I eat healthy. And that's going to be my habit. There, there's some people, they've got the habit of, hey, you know, we're, we're going to live on less and, and, and we're going to save them up more. And, and that, that's, that's their habit. There's some people, they've got the habit of, hey, I, I just want to be a reader. I want to be a learner. And so I'm, I want to read through books. And, and there's just all these people, we, we can look around and we can see different people that have different Habits. There's, this is their lifestyle. This is what we've what we've seen people become. And and when we look and we see that that somebody has a habit, somebody has a lifestyle, somebody has achieved something that we go, I, I wish my life was more like that. And when we see that, we, we respond in one of three ways. Do we respond with with maybe being jealous? And, 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 and we look at them and, and, and we're, we're, we're jealous of, of them and, and what they're doing. And we're just like going, you know, hey, you know, it's, uh, wow, I, I, I don't know how they got that. They probably didn't even deserve that. And I, I probably do. And we, we just get jealous. It's one of our responses. Another response that we have is that we can be dismissive, right? We'll, we'll, we'll be dismissive. As we see somebody, they, they look super fit and we're like going, um, it's, it's their genes. I mean, it, it, if I had their genes, then, then yeah, I'd be, I'd be fit too. You know? and, and we're just dismissive of it. But a third response that we'll have is that we'll be motivated. That we can be motivated, we can look and we can see, hey, I, I, I want that. I, I want to be more like that. And I'm going to be willing to take some steps so that I can become more like that. I, I can have that with me. And then those are really the, the three different ways that you and I, that we end up responding when we, when we see this in somebody else. And discipline, it's self-control that leads to good habits. That's what discipline is. It's this idea of, of having self-control. And here's the thing about discipline. Discipline is always hard to welcome. It, it is. We, we, we don't like it. We, it's hard for us to invite it at times. But, but when discipline shows up, once it shows up, what it does for us is it brings the best out of us. And so there, there's value to having this discipline. And the results that we get from discipline is most likely better than the results that we get without it. And so we can look at our lives and we can reflect back and see, hey, where did I have some discipline and, and how was my life better? And, and most of us are going to be able to see and identify some things that were better when we had discipline. Well, I was talking with a couple recently that, that goes here, JC and Stephanie, and, 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 and as, I was, as I was talking to them, I, I just need you to know this up front, that that they are a couple that I would say is a super fit couple. You know, that, that for them, that their idea of, of getting away is that they want to go do something where they're going to be doing some kind of exercise. In fact, they're not here this weekend because they're in Nashville running a marathon. It's just their idea of, of getting away is to go and, and, and do something and do something fit. And so well, we were having a conversation and somehow we, we landed on talking about going on cruises and that they went on a cruise over uh, the whole COVID restriction lockdown thing. And, and my dad and I, we went on a cruise and we we're just kind of sharing our stories and just sharing how, yeah, it just kind of, it wasn't the, the full experience that it would have been before because we'd been on cruises before. And, and then we both ended up talking about that we have another one booked already that we're not going to have to deal with the restrictions of it. And, and so we were talking about that. And, and as soon as we went there, Stephanie said, you know, I, I don't normally eat desserts. But when I go on a cruise, I eat a lot of dessert. 
In fact, I, I don't know if you know this. If you've ever been on a cruise, you certainly know this. Maybe if you know somebody that's been on a cruise, you'll know this. That when you go on a cruise, when you come back, there's always more of you to love. <laughs> there just is. I mean, that's just the way it is. On there. It's just, the, the food's just always available to you, right? And, and so, but, but what Stephanie was telling me is she said, well, when we know we're going on a cruise, the week before we leave, she goes, I exercise harder that week. And I exercise harder the week that I get back. But, but, but this is what I, I know when, I, when I'm hearing her, that, that what she's saying is, I, I've decided in advance that, that when I'm on the ship, I, I'm gonna enjoy some dessert. And because I've decided that in advance, I've also decided in advance that I'm going to exercise harder the week before I go, and I'm gonna exercise harder the week that I get back. And, and it's all about having this discipline and, and this deciding in advance. That, that Stephanie is certainly somebody that I would call a health nut, and that's not a negative. That is certainly a compliment, that they are such a healthy, company, a healthy couple. But, but what they've come to understand is that, that they're motivated to be healthy because they look at their lives and go, healthy living leads to a better life. And that's just what they've decided and determined for themselves. And here's the thing about discipline. That regardless of, irregardless of, of the motives and our attitudes, the results are always the same. That, 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 that some people, that they could have good motives and good attitude with, with the disciplines they're going to have. But even if your motives and your attitudes aren't the best, the results really are going to be the same. The results don't change. It's about just having the discipline. And, and somebody doesn't share the same motives, doesn't share the same Disciplines, that, I mean, it's the same, just, they don't share the same motives, they don't share the same attitudes, they can have the same results. It is discipline, not motives, not attitudes, that delivers results. It, it's, that's where we find the results, is with the discipline. However, once we start to get some results, what will usually happen is that we'll end up having a better attitude and we'll have some better motives because of the results that we are actually seeing. And once we start seeing the results, what started out as I ought to turns into a want to. That once we start seeing the results, it, it's no longer I ought to do that, it's, it's a I want to be doing that. That what started out as we just endured it, we actually get to the place where we start to enjoy it. These, these disciplinary decisions, that these behaviors, these actions, these lifestyles, that we begin to enjoy it. That there is the progress of deciding in advance. That, that when we look at this, that there's this progression that we get to see. And so I just want to walk you through this real quick, this progression of deciding in advance. That what starts as a discipline grows as a habit will eventually become a lifestyle. That, that we can't just look at it as going, I, I, I just can't get started. I just don't know if I have to do it. It will eventually become a lifestyle if we will stick with it. And that discipline accelerates progress. That, that where it is that we've identified, hey, I want to find some progress there. It's, it's the disciplines that we have that will accelerate the progress that you and I, that we are looking for. And, and, and I would think that you believe that 
But believing that isn't enough. We, we've got to actually put those disciplines in our life in order to see that progress. And that progress, it could be with our fitness. That, that, that progress, it could be with our finances. That progress, it could be with our family. That progress, it could even be with our faith. Of what we do, we decide in advance and we're gonna have the discipline to get there. And I think the best definition of discipline that I've certainly seen and heard over years is this, is doing what I ought to do now so I can do what I want to do later. It's, 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 I, I ought to do this, it's, it's, it, but I, the reason is because I, I'm doing what I ought to do now so that I can do what I want to do later. That, that I, I want to be in good enough shape too and, 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 and pick, your, pick your reason. Because as I get older, I want to keep up with the little ones that keep coming into my life, right? And you, you just pick your reason. I, I ought to say it because I want to be doing this. That when we look at this, we go, hey, I, I want to be healthy enough to, to be able to enjoy my retirement years. And so I need to make some decisions now so that I can enjoy these. I, I want to be financially secure enough to be able to retire at, at an age, and we pick our age and go, if I'm working beyond that, it's because I want to be working, but not because I have to be working, that I want to have enough faith too, and whatever that is, that I want to have enough faith to, to be able to trust God through, through the difficult times. I, I want to be able to have enough faith that I can, I can share my story and my beliefs with others, that I want to be able to have enough faith that I can, I can share Christ with others that don't yet know him, and that we would have the discipline on the front end of doing what I ought to do now so that I can do what I want to do later. Because we can all identify some of these wants that, that we're gonna have and go, but, but how do I put myself in a position so that I can live those out? The, the discipline, it's a tool. And, and, and as we begin to see what kind of tool this is and what it does, it's a tool that is designed to create for us, to carve a path for us to a no-regrets future. That's what discipline is there for. And so how does all that, that fit into what we're doing when we're talking about having this unshakable faith? Well, this unshakable is all about how God grows our faith. That's what we've been doing, that, that we've spent some weeks looking at what are these ways, what are these things that, that God is up to, that God is doing, that ends up growing our faith. And so how God grows our faith, the first thing that we looked at together was practical teaching. So when it comes to practical teaching, every single one of us has, has our own version of God. We have our own view of who God is, and, and some of us have a comfortable version of that, some of us have an uncomfortable version of that. But really, what it, none of that really matters. What, what really matters is that we have an accurate version of God, and that we won't get an accurate version of God without some practical teaching without, without getting somewhere and, and being able to keep exposing ourselves to where we keep learning some things very practical we can apply to our lives and getting this practical teaching it's one of these things that's so necessary for us to be able to grow our faith another thing that's important that God uses to grow our faith is personal ministry it, it, it's when we begin to get involved in something in, in the name of Jesus and the way that we serve others that, that personal ministry it, it grows our faith in fact, about a week and a half ago, we had almost 100 people getting involved in personal ministry for a Good Friday sports camp. And, and we had over 200 kids registered, and they came, and they, just, they were kids were everywhere. 
And, and, and we were here, and we had so many different teams of people getting involved in this personal ministry. People that, that were pre-setting things up, but before things even started. In fact, we, we have Faith, who's our children's pastor, Pam, who's our director of our clubhouse ministry, and, and they've got an assistant, Heather, and, and all three of them, they poured so much into the front end for, for months in advance. And then the week before, we got more people plugged in, serving the, the, the day we actually start this thing. We, we've got people that are serving in so many different ways and so many different capacities. That, that we've got people that they're serving and they're doing, hey, they're doing food prep, they're, they're serving food. We've got people that they're hosts on stage. We've got people that they're leading small groups. We've got people that are coaches of different sports and different things as we're rotating around, even painting and things. But we've got so many different people. We've got our tech ministry. We've got band that came up on set. We had so many of them. I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out. However, we all got involved in this personal ministry. And it was a team effort. That at the end of the day, that, that we were able to go, wow, look what God did. And we had 39 kids make a decision to follow Christ. Personal ministry, it grows your faith. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> what, what God does when, when we're willing to, to, to serve him. And, and personal ministry, it will grow our faith when we begin to see, wow, look what God is doing. Look how God is using me. And it grows our faith. That another thing we looked at of how God grows our faith is we looked at these providential relationships. That these relationships that, that you and I, we, 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 can't, we can't force these. We, we, we can't create these. That, that, that is God doing what only God can do. And when we look at understanding the whole idea behind these providential relationships, is that providential relationships, they, they show up at just the right time. It, it, it's part of what they do. They, they, they provide just what we've needed. That, that they're providential, that, that God's doing this, that, that they unite us to God's best. And in these providential relationships, they remain for a God-ordained season. And, and some of them might, might just be here involved in our life for just moments. Others of them might be with our life for the rest of our life. And many of them fall somewhere in between. But it's these providential relationships that God uses to grow our faith. And today, what I really want to focus on as we've been looking at this deciding in advance is seeing how God grows our faith. And he grows our faith through personal disciplines. Through these personal disciplines. And very specifically... It's personal spiritual disciplines that he does more to grow our faith than just any kind of discipline. But these personal disciplines, they do, they, they grow our faith. It's deciding in advance these things that we're going to do with spiritual disciplines. It's deciding in advance, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to read my Bible. I, I'm going to actively get into the Word of God. And I'm not just going to read it. I'm actually going to study it. I'm going to have a, either a devotional or, or, or a book that's going to help me understand more about this and, and how this applies to my life. That it's deciding in advance the kind of prayer life that we're going to have. And to have a prayer life that our prayers are so much more than just asking God for healing and for a miracle and to, to work out this opportunity that we're seeing. All of those are certainly worth praying about and praying for. And we should be including those in our prayer. But, but if we limit our prayer life to that, 
then our prayer life is going to be more like pulling up to God's big drive through window and asking for a miracle to go, and can you biggie-size it, right? And so <clears throat> we've got to see that there's so much more to prayer than this, that, that, that our prayer life, it needs to be a prayers where we're saying, hey, God, would you show me how it is that I can serve you today? God, would you begin to mold me and shape me? God, would my thoughts become more like your thoughts? When, when we're just praying these ways, when we take time in our prayer life where we just begin to praise him, that we adore him and, and, and we admonish him and, and just praying to him and letting him know, God, God, you are the greatest one and, and, and no one compares to you. And I am so grateful that you, the great one, chooses to know me. It's just, just spending time in prayer, communing and communicating with our Heavenly Father and it's pre-deciding that we're going to make our prayer life like that. It's pre-deciding in advance that before our schedules get so busy that we go, I, I want to make sure that I have time to be involved in, in a small group, that I can get involved in a community group with other people that they're desiring to, to grow in, in their faith. That we can have community together, we can have fun together, but, but we can also pray together. We can also just share some scripture together. We can grow together this way. It's, it's deciding in advance that, that we would give God a percentage of our income, be a percentage giver instead of a reactionary giver. A reactionary giver going, oh, well, there's a need. Okay, I guess I'll give to that. It, it's know that we would just kind of give out of this idea that, you know what, God, this is a way that I could be honoring you. This is instruction you give, and I'm going to decide in advance that I'm going to do that, that I'm going to honor God, that we decide in advance I'm going to honor God with, with my words, with my attitude, with my behaviors, that, that we decide this in advance, that this is what we're going to do, these, these personal, spiritual disciplines that we would be about. Let me share a couple of passages from the Old Testament with you that, that really gives us a, an understanding of God that if you've not grasped this before, this would be very healthy for you to catch. The first one that we see is in 2 Chronicles <clears throat> chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. There's a lot for us to take in and understand. That God's just actively looking and scanning. What's, what's he actively looking and scanning for? It gives us a lot different picture than what some of us think. Oh, he, he's scanning, he's, he wants to bust us. Oh, he, he, wants to, he wants to nail us for what we're doing wrong. He's scanning, he's constantly looking. And what's he want to do? He wants to strengthen people. Which people does he want to strengthen? He wants to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And it's going to take, deciding in advance, <clears throat> it's going to take having some personal spiritual discipline. In, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 through 13, that this prophet Jeremiah, that, that God's speaking to him to reveal and to, to share this with the people of Israel. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. They'd been living in the midst of, of God's discipline in their life. And, and so they're, now they're hearing, hey, I, I don't want to just harm you. I've got plans for you that, that's about hope and, and for your future. He says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That, that some of us are going, hey, God's playing hide and seek with me. I, I, I just can't seem to find him. Are you seeking him with all of your heart? Because he has told us that, that we will find him 
if we will pursue, if we will seek him with all of our heart. And it's going to take deciding in advance that that is what we are going to do. And for our faith to become the most important thing in our lives, it's going to require us deciding in advance and having some discipline and making sure that we are prioritizing God in our life. That Jesus didn't invite us to, to just believe him. He invited us to follow him. Follow and come along and, and, and learn from me and then do as I'm teaching, do as, I, do as I say. That's what he invited us for. And if you are somebody that you just go through the motions, and I, I don't know everybody's story, Maybe you're somebody, you're here, and, and faith is just kind of a casual thing for you. Maybe faith is kind of a barely there thing for you. That, 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 if, that if you're somebody, that, that, that faith is not a priority in your life, it's going to be really easy for you to become cynical when it comes to faith. And, and people that become cynical with their faith, they end up becoming critical of other people's faith. And, and if we're not careful and we just keep following this pattern, that we're eventually going to be skeptical about our faith. But when we have this personal discipline of pursuing God, we're not going to be cynical and we're not going to be skeptical. And, and we will be less critical when we are growing our faith. So I want to share with you three spiritual disciplines to grow your faith. Three things, and, and chances are you're not going to like these at face value. You're, you're going to hear them and go, this is the Sunday I chose to come. You know, but, but I'm just telling you, it, it's like this when, when it comes to other disciplines. That, that what starts out feeling like enduring eventually leads to enjoying. And so if, if, we'll, if we'll take this and, and hear this with an open heart, and, and see the value of, hey, if I pursue God with, with, with all of my heart, I, I'm going to find him. I'm going to discover him in a way that, that I've yet to discover if I've not pursued and followed him with a full heart. And so the, the first one, spiritual discipline, is a personal devotional life. It's personal. It's, it, it, it's your private time with God. And, 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 and your private time with God isn't meant to keep faith private. There should be an internal and an external part of our faith. But, but we need this personal devotional life, this personal time that we spend with our Savior, with our Heavenly Father. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, Jesus said, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. And truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. That there's something about getting away and having this private, there's our air show, get, get, getting, getting away and having this private time with God. In fact, when, when Jesus even said, hey, follow me, because he modeled for us what we need to be doing. And in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, we get to read about something that, that Jesus would do often. 
because Jesus was constantly teaching and, and Jesus was constantly healing people and doing these miracles and, and so crowds were constantly wanting to be around him and get, get peace of Jesus, get time with Jesus. And what we get to see in, in Luke 5, 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He didn't withdraw because he was lonely. He went to places where there wasn't gonna be any distractions with people so that he could just spend time with his heavenly father in prayer. It was, it was a personal, devotional life. Here he is, he's the son of God, but he's connecting with God the Father through his prayer time. And that prayer, it invites God into the details of your life. That, that when we have this, this healthy prayer life that, that's a balanced prayer life that's so much more than just the, the, the asking for the miracles and asking for God to bless us, it really does, it grows our faith. And, and when we read the Bible, when you read your Bible, if you ever take the time to do this, and I know many of you do, let me tell you, don't just read your Bible for information. If all you do is read your Bible for information, it'll become more of a checkbox and check I did that. There's a far better way for you to be reading your Bible. And this is the way. Read it for transformation. Don't, don't just read it for information. Read it for transformation. God, would, would you begin to show me what I should be doing with my life, how you want to guide me today because of what I'm about to read. Help me apply that to my life transformational reading is so much better than informational reading. And that private time with God, it conforms our conscience. It, it aligns our, our attitude and it builds our beliefs to God's design for our lives. But it takes having this private time with God to do this. So a second spiritual discipline to grow your faith is percentage giving. Percentage giving. The, the way that we would give back to God, that we would give him a percentage, not just a, a set amount, a fixed amount, and this is what I'm giving. It's that we would look at what we have coming in and go, God, I'm gonna give you a percentage of this. You know, to, to my experience, men struggle with giving far more than women. And, and what's, what's interesting to me about that is that women, for the most part, you have a, a financial security blanket that you want to keep, okay? Nothing wrong with that. But, but you look at that and go, well, if you want this, then why is, it the men, why is it so much harder for men? Because most of men don't have this financial security blanket attitude and approach to life. And I think the reason most men struggle with this is because they've got a bigger want list of things and they're going, I can't get as many things or as nice of things if I am giving this percentage giving to God. But this is certainly something that, that God is instructing us and showing us. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 and 32, Jesus says, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, and what shall we wear? To which here in America... It's so hard for us to read this and go, what's the deal? What is that? Because we don't struggle this way. We don't think about, well, what am I going to eat from? Where is it going to come from? 
we, we, for us, it's like, well, where are we going to go eat? <laughs> you know, can you hurry up, Will? Because I'm getting hungry, right? You know, I mean, we, we think about that way, or, or we don't struggle with, with what am I going to drink? We, we don't even struggle with what I'm going to wear other than, am I going to wear that or that or that one? I mean, because we, we've got, if, if, if the Bible were being written today, maybe it would say something more along the lines of, that do not worry about where you're going to get a job or when you're going to get a job. Do, do not worry about how you're going to get your kids through college. Do, do not worry about being able to fund your retirement. To which some of you might say, um, those things don't just happen naturally. And I agree. But there is a big difference between worry and planning for. They are not the same. Yes, we should be planning for these things. But no, we should not be worrying. You know what worrying is? It's just it's just spending energy fretting. That's worrying. And it doesn't accomplish anything. And Jesus even said, hey, we should not be worried about these things. Verse 32 says, for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows what you need. That really, when, when it comes to, to giving back to God, it's really, it's, it's not about the mind. It's about trust. It's about trusting, God, am I going to feel like my life is significant if I still give this to you? Am I still going to have all of my needs met? Not necessarily wants, but, but my needs met this way. In fact, some people would even argue and say that that, that percentage giving, it, it, that's Old Testament. Some people would say that the New Testament doesn't embrace that. Jesus, Jesus didn't embrace that. In fact, percentage giving is biblical because we have a percentage that we're even told that we should give. And that percentage is a tithe. And some of us don't know enough and we think a tithe is synonymous with giving. Well, tithe is a form of giving because tithe is actually a, a, a mathematical, it's, it's, a, it's a numerical thing because tithe literally means 10th. It's 10% is what we'd give. And Jesus actually embraced this. I want to share this with you. It's in Matthew 23, 23. Jesus is speaking to the religious leaders. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint and dill and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. He's saying, yeah, you, you've neglected these things that, that, are, that are more important. To which you and I might go, uh, okay, well, since those are more important, doesn't, doesn't that supersede the, the, the giving a percentage, giving a tithe? Shouldn't we make sure that, that we are people that we're all about the justice and the mercy and the faithfulness? Yes, we should. Look at what Jesus said. He said, you should have practiced the latter. You should have practiced this justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Without neglecting giving God the percentage that God has asked for, that we should not be neglecting that. That a faith, a faith that thrives, it never has God as a plan B. That, you know, I, I, and if God, it, it, it never has God as a plan B. A faith that thrives has God as the plan. God, you are my plan. I'm, just, I'm gonna follow you because you are my plan. And I think the number one contender for our loyalty to God 
It's the money. It's the number one contender. Third thing, spiritual discipline, is public worship. Public worship. That there is something about when we gather together with others to worship our Heavenly Father that we can't get any other way. There's something about being in a room with people and that we're all just singing the praises to our Heavenly Father. There's something about exposing ourselves to some practical teaching together with others that now we begin to have some conversations about it and we sharpen each other that we don't get any other way. And Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I with them. And there's part of the Christian faith that we only get to experience when we gather together. In fact, one of the things that's coming up is in two weeks, we're going to be doing baptism when we gather. And if you're somebody that you've not followed through in believer's baptism, you've made a decision to follow Christ, but you've not been baptized since that, I would encourage you, make it a priority. Decide in advance that you're going to be here, that this is going to be your baptism day. You can sign up for that online with the app. You can stop by our next step, and you can get signed up for that. Well, let me wrap this up with this. God grows our faith when we have the spiritual discipline to give him our firsts. Let me show it to you this way. That, That our faith will grow when we choose and decide in advance that we're going to give God the first minutes of our day. That we're going to start our day with God. That there's something about that grows our faith that when we take all the money that's coming in and and what's coming in and, and we look at that and we go, I'm going to decide in advance. Don't fall over on me. I'm going to decide in advance that I'm going to be a percentage giver. And maybe for you that getting to 10% is just way too big of a jump for you. Start somewhere. 1%, 3%, 6%. Pick a percent. Look at what God is blessing you with, what is coming in, and give a percentage because it is a biblical principle. Give God the first percent of your income and give God the first day of your week. Now you're here, you get a gold star because you are giving God the first day of your week. But there is something about giving God our firsts that will grow our faith. And we're going to have to decide in advance, am I going to give God my first? What first am I going to give him? And when we decide this in advance, God is going to honor us. He's going to bless us. Those that are seeking him, he's searching throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. One last verse I'll leave you with. And it is in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. 
of what it is that you're going to eat, what it is you're going to drink, what it is you're going to wear. It will be given to you as well. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we hear about these different ways that that you would grow our faith, I pray that we'd be willing to have the discipline. God, that we would decide in advance that we want to be the people whose hearts are fully committed to you. That we want to be the people that that you're going to look at our hearts and go, that's the heart I'm going to strengthen. So God, I pray that we would grow in our trust in the way that we would give you our first minutes of our day and have a personal devotional life. The way that we would give you the first percentage of, of what you've blessed us with for income. The way that we would give you the first day of our week. That we would start our day public, start our week publicly with other people seeking to grow their faith. God, would you take and convince us and convict us that this is our best path forward. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.